Welcome back to Classic Gamerheads Talking Podcast or whatever. And oh my God, it's been a long, long time. I said I'd get around into actually doing the whole. Oh well. X5 to X8 stuff I've had the last time, but never really had the time, basically. So, if you really want to understand what I think of the X series as a whole, it's probably best to watch the episode that came before this to see what I think of this series is at this point. But now, let's talk about Mega Man and X5 to X8. Mega Man X5 was released in 2000 in Japan and 2001 and everywhere else and was intended to be the grand finale of the X series. Anyways, given how Keiji Nifune wanted to dedicate a series to Zero on the Game Boy Advance, which, yeah, that's all they have, right? It's Kane, its own. On collection next month. So, naturally, the man wanted to go out with a bang. I mean, X5 was seriously conclusive ending to the X series, but as we all know, there's a bunch of games that came out after this. So, uh, you can see where this is going. But, time for the plot synopsis to understand what's going on. So, oh, Sigma's the main antagonist yet again, he's more or less hired a reploid mercenary by the name of Dynamo to send the space colony Eurasia on a crash course towards the planet. And he, and while he ends up going after the Maverick Hunters himself, so X and his Sunshine Gain are pretty much sent off have to go fight him, and while they do end up succeeding, turns out Sigma deliberately let them win to spread the Sigma virus across the entire planet, to the point where it's not just affecting Reploids, but humans are suffering from it as well. This is not like in Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, where the, the Sigma virus, as thanks to Reality Stone, could be heard infect anything, and it had life in it. It's Sigma had to go as far as to I'll pull out the entire atmosphere of this stuff. So, X as you are pretty much said to go gather parts. It's for the Enigma Cannon to try and blast the colony out of the sky. And while there is a chance this can succeed, canonically, it just ends up failing. And, and they're pretty much set after the parts. It's for uh, a, a shuttle uh, to uh, more or less ram it into the colony to make it go explodey. However, Zero volunteers to be the pilot, given how the autopilot was, uh, kinda destroyed during the release of the Sigma virus. However, during all this, Zero notices that when he comes into contact with the Sigma virus, it doesn't turn him Maverick like, like any other robot, it instead makes him stronger, and we'll get to that in a bit. But, as you know, how oh, this does raise some questions with, with this team, thinking that he might end up being a liability because of his unique reaction to the virus. This, however, 
Her de shuttle operation is a complete success with zero coming out of it. It's a-okay. Except for the part where it ends up creating a new virus in one specific part of the planet. That's dubbed the Zero Virus. Yes, and X and Zero end up running in there themselves. However, due to X's concern, as for Zero, the two of them end up duking it out thanks to X respoiling that for us. As a while, it's a grand fight. It ends up coming to a stalemate when the other her character uses her soul body to get one last pot shot in before they go down. Uh, with Sigma trying to capitalize on this, with Zero ultimately stopping the bastard her cold. Well, and after that, it's pretty much a matter of X and Zero just, just journeying to the center of all this as defeating Sigma yet again, who ends up hinting that he may have contacted Dr. Wily and learned more about Zero. How to try and awaken his true state. No, with one final, I'll bust a shot to the face or a, a saber, an impaled in the forehead. And Sigma ends up using his last explosion to take out most of Zero's body, and and lost his strength to fire laser beam that cuts through who our Maverick hunters looks like a shish kebab. No, Zero manages to get one last snipe in, and with the Z Buster before he ultimately kicks the bucket. And that's it. And the as far as the game is concerned, three years later, X is still fighting a good fight, wielding Zero Z Saber as a trusty keepsake, without much more serious this look on his face, as if he's actually embracing some of Zero's ideals. And that's pretty much it. Except for one thing. There is actually a very, very specific thing to mention. And X5 actually has multiple endings. Things in the sense of, well, you could end up blowing up the entire colony with the Enigma Cannon and end up getting a, a shortcut to the final stages. Or both the cannon and the shuttle could fail. And lo and behold, Zero goes Maverick, with a slightly harder version of the X versus Zero fight. And after that, Sigma does try to take a pot shot at X, with Zero how how ended up diving in front of the blast as they're dying as a result. Which, you know, kind of depressing. But ultimately... Hey, this does result in X's memory of Zero being erased by Dr. Light at the end of it. And that's pretty much the bad ending. Hey, the story isn't all that bad, all things considered. And, but it does feel a little by the numbers. As, I mean, nothing much is going on other than virus has been released into the atmosphere. Eh, Majora's math has, has just been reenacted by... And Capcom, for whatever reason. In the end, Sigma, yet again, trying to tent Zero to the dark side. Which definitely could have used a bit more time to simmer. Uh, it also doesn't really help that we don't see much of Dr. Wily other than Sigma hinting that, that he actually met someone that knew oh, Zero. 
her more than anyone else. Besides maybe X. X. And it's actually Riley who revealed all the plan and, and to turn Zero Maverick, though in a much more common controlled state, rather than the absolute berserker he was in X4. So, yeah. As for the cast of characters, well, X and Zero are pretty much the same as they, they ever were, so not much to say about that, but we got quite a few new faces in this here that would return in later games. First of all, Dynamo, who shows up for two bosses and then and fucks off. Good talk. But then we also got some new members of the Mavic Hunters. Alia, who I'll bring special attention to later. Uh, Cygnus, who's pretty much the new commander. And Douglas, who's pretty much the X-Series Auto. Oh, they, because they're the ones that end up being the major tech nerds. Is that also end up providing parts. That's for you once they've been fully developed. And, and, and then it's pretty much a matter of... Just go beat all eight Mavericks, like... Okay, now for the gameplay. It pretty much is structured like a typical Mega Man X... X game. Beat eight Mavericks, get to the final stages, kill Sigma, the end. Though with a few twists. This time, you are on a time limit, and once you reach zero hours remaining, and no matter how much progress you made, you need to f either fire off the Enigma Cannon or... I launched the shuttle no matter what. Except, you know, you get 16 hours. And considering that 10 of those will only be spent, hence just being the 8 stages and facing off against Dynamo twice, against hence your consent for whatever reason, it's not exactly difficult. But here's the general gist. Here's Yes, entering the stage takes, takes an hour off the clock, like, and it's up to you to get to the end, and beat the Maverick, and, and take the part for it. However, depending on when you decide to go after that Maverick, there is unique dialogue, then trying, trying to just give you the part, or, you know, acting fairly rationally. Hey, no, you would still end up finding them, because... They've already been infected by a virus, and they're pretty much going to employ the suicide by cop trope. Just to be able to die as themselves, rather than just some dumbass. Has a virus. Has making them, them act like the feral animals they look like. Hey, and of course, after the eight stages of being where the virus has already taken over. No matter what. Alright, you get an apart for the cannon or a shuttle, and that's pretty much it. All four Mavericks on the left have, have the parts for the cannon, and all four on the right, well, that's pretty much spent solely on the shuttle. Oh, strangely, I, I they didn't bother restricting what stages you could go after, like they would in Mega Man 8, but I guess you could just play it like that. However, the the hour system is also a contributing factor to whether or not you're able to get parts for X and Zero. 
Oh, and let me just say this right now. Get a few game overs, run that clock to either 11 or 10 hours, pick zero for your her first Maverick stage you're actually going to beat. Heat, heat, beat it, and then just continue from there. Because, trust me on this one, the game is not clear as to how to even get these parts. Which is absolutely annoying. So, here's the basic gist. Yes, depending on your hunter rank, which is factored in by how many Mavericks you've killed, how much time you have left, and of course, your general performance is in the stage, I guess. That determines what you end up getting once you beat the boss. You could end up gaining the opportunity to add some extra weapon energy or an extra heart tank, which is really the only way you're going to get a larger life bar for zero. Oh, and if it's got plus next to weapon of life or weapon and energy, that means you're going to get a part from it. Hence, for example, if you get if you see weapon of life plus when you beat Grizzly Slash, you're able to get a, a shock buffer part after beating two stages, which will allow either character to take half damage. For zero, this is a godsend, since X can actually... I start out with an armor and get had a couple more uh, later on. Hun, this system is not all that well implemented, and you're not going to pick up the fact there are equipable parts in the game until all uh, the last couple of stages at the very least, which is something they really could have have put have given more time to simmer. And speaking of X and Zero, you can actually play as both of them in the one playthrough. Oh, starting from this game, but you're still forced to pick which one you oh play as for the opening stage. And the funny thing is, is whether you pick X or Zero decides what perk you get to keep and which one then gets the shaft. You pick X and you get his entire fourth armor. Yeah, it's been nerfed. You can't hence use there's another strike. You don't have infinite weapon energy. Hey, and the hey plasma. Headshot shot doesn't leave as many a plasma balls else to away enemies health, but you know the footballs also haven't been altered in the slightest. And you still take and have to damage you normally would all the while you know spending less weapon energy when actually using your special weapons. So all things considered, it's pretty friggin' great. Zero on the other hand gets the Z Buster, which is a slow how ass as cannon shot that takes too much time to wind up, can only be used on the ground, and its damage is kind of pathetic for what you're getting out of it. It gives him a long range option, but if you want long range options, that's what X is for. So even if you're doing a zero only playthrough, for the love of god, just start the game with X and then pretend he doesn't exist until you accidentally get the bad ending. Which, uh, yeah. Heh. <laughs> The bad ending, should you get it, ends up removing Zero from the game permanently and you can never play as him again. Any heart tanks or weapon energy ups he's collected are gone, and that's something I need to address right now. Because you can play as both characters in one playthrough, you need to consider which ones get what heart tanks. Now, to be fair, with a particular armor I'll bring up later, X does have four heart tanks that he's pretty much almost guaranteed to get himself. Of which is definitely a good, a bit of foresight. <sighs> but it also means that Zero 
gets a pretty short life bars. You do end up keeping him. And again, shock buffer is almost needed. So, playing as duo in X-Life is definitely a bit more of a challenge. He's still good against boss fights, and until you get the technique from Hunter Skyver, well, you're not going to lose the ability to use the dash cancel technique that can destroy bosses in seconds flat with the right setup. But let's talk X's new armor as well. Okay, first of all, I already mentioned the fourth armor, and you can get the ultimate armor in a legitimate Hey, way alongside the Black Zero skin, which actually gives you certain perks like the Shock Buffer and the second to last stage of the game, which you know what to look. But X's new armors for X5 are the Falcon and Gaia armors. And right off the bat, I'm gonna call a lot some bullshit here because, god damn it, it, you cannot immediately equip an armor part the moment you get it. Mixing and matching. And armor parts would not be a thing until uh, the likes of, of Mega Man X8, which means to even get the ability to use the armor's functions in question, you need to complete the entire goddamn set, which sucks. But to be fair, both armors are pretty good in their own right. Right, first of all, the Falcon armor can't charge special weapons, but it does at least have the same. Ain't weapon energy perk that the fourth armor has. That's alongside a pretty good PSE charge shot. And a, a nice screen nuke giga attack. And the ability to fly and be invincible to anything that isn't a one hit KO hazard for a, a short time. But that can completely break the platforming, and in some cases, it's the only way you can access certain Gaia armor parts. All things considered, it's probably one of the best armors in the game. Second only hey, to the ultimate armor and pretty much sharing a spot with the fourth armor. Because for platforming challenges that you can skip past, it is excellent. And absolutely recommend to go after. Even though uh, some of the parts aren't fun to obtain. Given how there's precise stuff like having to deal with collecting small energy orbs on a pretty tough half wide chaser section in the beginning of half squid adlers her stage which yeah no hope oh, that already gets a lot of bad reps so because as the game doesn't tell you that you can take control of the wide chaser before the word ready even disappears on the goddamn screen and there's also the fact that in Duff McWhalen's stage it, you need his weapon to get through Oh, to the armor part there. No sense of hearts. Not like Boomerang in X1, where you could use a charged shotgun ice to buy. Hey, past that bit of backtracking, you need to backtrack. And it's even worse if you don't pick, pick X to the opening stage, because you won't have a means of charging the goose shaper to be able to. How oh, hit. I definitely I'll detonate the giant block of wood that's preventing you from getting there. Otherwise, you got to be very careful so where you position X. X, X, otherwise the screen will scroll and you've pretty much missed your chance. No. Oh, the other two. Well, all my parts are perfectly fine to obtain, even though you will need Grizzly Slash's weapon for one of them. So that's neat. Now, Gaia Armor, however, is completely built around and being a powerhouse and being pretty slow. Oh, the charge attack. It doesn't take long, and it can decimate a lot of foes. It's invisible to spikes, and does have a little, little dash function that can 
had pushed blocks. And again, four of the hard tanks in the game are typically hey, reserved solely for X. Hicks with the Gaia armor just so that he has a chance of being able to attack on the final stages without having to deal with a very low health bar. He decided to do a zero only run, and of course, you got the bad ending. Pain. But for all intents and purposes, it's literally the item collection weapon. The only other time I would ever use the Gaia armor legitimately is to go up against Wayne Bang during the second and zero virus stage, and that's pretty much it because that employs spikes and, well, you already know that. Plus, it can't even equip a single part, so, uh... No shock buffer, no ultimate buster, none of that. Which... It, again, it kinda sucks. Nice, but... And of course, you know... What do I think of the special weapons? Well... First of all, the Mavericks, the at house them are actually named after Guns N' Roses members in the original English dub out for the PS1 release. Allison Court, you may remember as Claire Redfield from Resident Evil 2 and Code Veronica, her, her then husband, and basically asked her to name the Mavericks after Guns N' Roses as band members. So we got Grizzly Slash, The Skyver, Axe of the Red, and the best boss name of all time, Duff McGraylan. Unfortunately, as you gain this for Mega Man X Legacy Collection 2, suffice to say, you're not going to be happy because they changed the names to a more, our faithful translation of their Japanese names. It's no, gonna, it's no longer the Skyver, it's Spiral Pegasus, which is a much more accurate translation of Spiral Pegasion. Although, Matt Rex is suddenly far from a any good names, so I would honestly prefer Burn Dynorex to that. But as for the weapons, uh, most of them aren't all that great. I mean, the Charged Crescent and Slash has, acts like a badass shield that tears through enemies like tissue paper. The Tri-Funder is basically... What? No, this is not the... Or is it a Tri-Funder? I don't even remember. It's been a while since I've played. I X3. Basically, the weapon you get from Squid Adler, it's pretty much an amped up version of Mega Man 1's Thunder Beam, which automatically makes it great. The Gooshaver is an excellent equivalent to Search Snake, and I'm sure some people could get some decent mileage out of the charged Firefly Laser. However, the, the only other weapon I would recommend outside of those would be Dark Dizzy's Dark Hold, where you can commit the Zawarudo. And time just stops completely. The others, as charged or not, not exactly my cup of tea. So X is definitely better off the if the buster. And again, you can't even get the charge variants of you using the Falcon armor. And as for Zero's techniques, well, we get an electric version of the Wii U engine from um, X4. Uh, the Crescent Slash is a much more amped up version of the Kurenzon from X. And the idea of having Zero get Soul Body in the form of Twin Dream is pretty badass. The one technique I couldn't care for is the one you get from Spiral Pegasus, where, in Capcom's Infinite Wisdom, they made a special technique that makes a borderline impossible for a dash cancel. Now, if you excuse me, I need to address something at the front door.
So after that brief distraction, then back on topic. The level design of X5 is genuinely good, except for some of the game's cheaper moments. Again, hey, again, and the ride chaser segment at the beginning of Squid Atlas stage, and just kind of crap. Uh, not to mention. And some other design elements like the auto scrolling underwater, the stage with Duff McWhalen. And, and some of the final stages can be a bit iffy, let's say. Hey, and also, we never needed another devil monster. So, well, that's pretty much a lot of what I have to say about X5. I mean, the game looks good. Well, it's got a pretty a rockin' soundtrack, and I actually do like the copious amounts of references to the classic series and the X series for the sake of finale. However, well, to me, a lot of gameplay decisions aren't exactly all that amazing, and if I'm gonna be frank, the fact that one of the playable characters and had the ending of your choice is determined by RNG, makes this a bit of a questionable entry. But would I still consider it playable? Only if you've been X4 as both characters, so that you already have the experience necessary to get the most out of X5. And even then, there will be some hurdles to jump through. But... That would not be the end of the X series. For you see... They managed to continue. Mega Man X6 was Mega Man X6 was released in late 2001 and quickly became infamous for being the bottom of the barrel for not only hey in the X series but Mega Man in its entirety. Hey, please ignore my barking dog that will refuse to move down the stairs just to see what's that's disturbing her. Alright, as as for the game itself. Well, yeah, it was pretty much released in under a year. Or it made in under a year. As, as the release of X6 in Japan was only one day short of an entire year from the release of X5. Now, one-year development cycles are not great, and they usually can and be bad. I mean, there have been some good ones, but it's typically a much more risky proposition for what might not be that great of a reward. And, uh... X, X6 is definitely hey, one of those. The plot involves there's a reploid scientist named Gabe coming across remnants of Zero's DNA from the Eurasia had a colony crash, which yes, the colony didn't end up crashing into Earth because while we still had the good ending where Zero dies by Gangcon and Sigma's final explosion, I guess. Yes, it says that enough of the space colony landed on Earth to cause mass pollution to the point where the human race had to live underground. And it's only been three weeks since X-Ivan said of three years. 
I know this is a bit of a, a plot hole, a inconsistency, but if I'm going to be frank, there will probably still going to be some repercussions for the space colony be landing on the Earth anyways, regardless of how much they destroyed. Alright, either way, a gate comes across to its DNA, and gets intoxicated by the virus that was most likely still inside it from X5, and decides to try and create a world for the perfect and the strongest Reploids. Uh, it's creating a brand new virus called the Nightmare in the process. X takes on the other Maverick Hunt is quickly deduced that he's the one behind it. Well, sure enough, he is. However, uh, this, this ends up I'm proving there was some... However, this does end up uh, just having Gate Heinz flat out hand out the coordinates to his, his secret lab to them. Basically, he's saying, hey, come at me, bro. Oh, X probably also encountered night had a nightmare version of Zero, and once that bastard is dead, the real Zero suddenly appears, explaining that he he hid himself and then repaired himself. Oh, trust me, I'll get to the writing soon enough. So, after all that, that nonsense, X and Zero end up defeating Gate his, his Super Sentai gear, but because we really cannot have a single original villain in this godforsaken series, well, uh, you know, Sigma comes back to the rig as an incomplete zombie, but X and Zero take, take care of him in short order, and then, and the Maverick Hunters vow to improve the world, blah, blah, blah. A uh, random happy ending. I don't think the story is bad, and I do like how it puts focus on how Alia actually has some history with Gate. As the a group of, of scientists they were working for, they had decided to make the guys his life a living hell simply because of what he was striving for. To make Reploids that couldn't be analyzed in a manner similar to X and Zero since they're Pretty much still these ancient machines, literally nobody knows anything in the inner, about the inner machinations of. However, as you probably already know, he got shunned, his creations were set up to be killed or framed and be deemed maverick, Ailey was forced into those situations. And then, and that's pretty much how it went. So, when Gate comes back, it, does actually legitimately go Maverick. Heck, Alia does have a bit of a, an internal struggle with that. And which, you know, it's actually a nice nice addition into the plot, easily making her the most fleshed out member of the new Maverick Hunters that ever introduced. It was in X5. Sickness and Douglas are there, but that's pretty much all there is to it. And also, there's this super strong Reploid named High Max that can only be damaged by stunning him with a specific attack and then attacking him with another. I'll get into that later. And his one of his creators, Isaac, who is has hinted to be a reincarnation of Dr. Riley in Reploid form. Which, it's only really made a hint if you're a playing as zero, although there are hints of it when you put the dots together as to how he treats X versus how he treats Zero. Oh, either way, the plot's alright. Right, but the problem with it, aside some not putting enough focus on the fact that some of, of the Nightmare Investigators don't even want to fight 
hey, X and Zero in the first place, but unfortunately, because of how the current situation, they're in your way and they have to be put down, which is kind of tragic. Heck, but the biggest thing that knocks it down is the translation. The idea of hiding yourself and then repairing yourself was already one instance, but also Gates Perfect and the Strongest Reploids, and plenty of other have problems where the characters either say shit that is straight not grammatically incorrect or repeat the same thing just with slightly different vocabulary. Hey, like when Zero beats Hi Hi Max before uh, all eight Mavericks are beaten, guess what? But when an Isaac manages to stun him so that he and Hi Max get away, hey, Alia at first deduces is that it's a force field that'll take some time to deactivate and that's you if we can move. Oh, he says no, and then she says, huh, a force field. It must have some sort of timer function, which is pretty much exactly what she just said. The writing is pretty much strictly meme material. It's like the voice acting for Resident Evil 1, only it actually kinda have would make any in English teacher want and to go get wasted and after seeing the entirety of the game's things writing quality hey also does voice acting but in Japanese but hey at least it helps to get cutscenes livened up and unlike X5 which kept reusing a lot of assets for a lot of cutscenes things with a text that beeped every time hey, my character was typed in and X6 has has more unique art shots that make it look l more like a comic book, or since this is a Japanese-developed game, a colored manga. So I think that definitely helps to make, make the story more visually interesting. And the gameplay, hey, when it comes to x Zero's control, well, aside from Zero having, having different slashes in his triple slash combo, he's more or less the same as he is, including a slightly more broken dash cancel. And X also has the Z-Saver himself, but he can barely even wield it. It's only a giant slash that's kind of unwieldy, and is strictly there for the sake of, well, higher damage. X also ends up starting out with a Falcon Armor, which... Heavily nerfed, not nearly as good as the nerfed 4th Armor in an X4, and... And it pretty much means you have to go out of your way to try and get the blade armor, which gives X four-directional air dashing yet again, and this time you can actually air dash straight down, even suspend your stuff in midair when trying to pull it off. Uh, it has a charge shot similar to oh, the fourth armor's plasma shot, but a slightly more powerful saber slasher you can activate with a sun button input. But alongside, you know, last weapon energy spent, and of course. Plus the addition of a Giga Attack, which against the final form of Sigma is actually really powerful. And as for the other armor in the game, the Shadow Armor, well, pretty much it's the Gaia Armor, only a lot more mobile, and has a bit more focus on X's Z Saber, but also lacks air dashing, and so does regular X, which in X6 is a death sentence in some levels, and that's one thing I'll say against the game right now. It does not account for the fact that you may not be able to use the air dash at all. And in some stages, this can happen on a complete goddamn whim. And thanks, RNG. Hey, hey, the weapons aren't all too special because the only ones for X I actually like are, are the Magma Blade, and that's because of the 
he constantly being able to shoot fireballs in the saber and the Yamark option, which is available for both X and Zero, and it's one of the best shield weapons I've ever seen, because it's also got plenty of offensive capabilities. But as for Zero's techniques, I mean, he's got a lot of good ones. The Rekoha, which would make its way into Marvel vs. Capcom 3 and Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. And the Shoenzon, which you can actually use as a combo finisher with the Triple Slash combo, which is actually pretty neat. And let's see what else kind of blanking, oh wait, there's also the Suizan, the N Suizan, the technique you get from Wade Telloid, that can even trigger a glitch that can make Zero basically untouchable, which, you know, it can absolutely cheese some stages like Gate. It's Lab 1, and, and the Z-Buster received a much bigger buff, while you still need to be on the ground to use it, and, you know, I will force you to stay clearly still, it's got a faster firing rate, and can even potentially deal more damage up close, basically like a shotgun. It's actually saved me on quite a few occasions, and, and is a lot more reliable. If Zero was ever going to have to Z-Buster back in future X games, which he didn't, I'm going to say this right now, X6 did it best. Yes, Zero is an absolute joy to control. He even gets a double jump from the start, so, uh, down, down. An amazing control for Zero. But I got a bitch about X6 for one thing, the nightmare system. Um, the levels can already be a bit iffy with some leaps of faith. RNG indicates a ground scare of its stage. Hedge, hedge annoying gimmicks like the chromium donut mini boss you have to find in Blatinix's stage. Hedge, or the acid rain when you stage, or the fact that Mavericks like if any Virginia are literal hell to fight. There's also. Oh, the problem with the nightmare system. Depending on which state you just recently been, and its nightmare effect will be all overwrite. Height where it can affect certain stages. So, for example, if you be in Commander Yamark and then immediately go to Blaze Heatnix, the fireflies, or the dragonflies from rather from, and that that stage will show up up there. And again, the last stage you be in, and will have its nightmare effect. I'd override all of a nightmare effects where it affects certain stages. Is you won't be seeing Rainy Turloid's Hides Blackout Nightmare Effect in Blaze Henix's stage, for example. Oh, but it's an effect that is more or less completely random as far as players are concerned, and, and it doesn't help that the Reploid rescuing system pretty much requires you to be on the top of your game when fighting. And going through stages because the nightmare virus, it shouldn't be hard, hard to see. Will I, if if a reploid is on the same screen in this edge, it will usually prioritize it and try to turn it maverick, meaning that whatever bonus it had is completely gone. And with some parts, you don't want that to happen because, as you know, on the first gate lab stage, it's completely impossible as X unless. You've got the jumper parts, although to be fair, the Reploid you need to rescue that has that is locked away in a bonus pathway where there are no nightmare and virus enemies, so at least they had the hindsight for that. But yeah, the level design, showing to the point, it's pretty friggin' cheap. Like, I'd recommend looking up a Let's Play of the game, maybe more something like the Brain Scratch Commentaries run, and seeing just how, how crappy it can get. And... And it also doesn't help that the final Sigma fights are absolutely pathetic, and that Gate and High Max can literally 
hot in hell. Gate can only be damaged by projectiles and needs to have a stopper that can also damage you. Oh, and hi, Max. Hex, see when you see him with a technique and then the basic save a slash to do damage, and with X, the opposite is true. Hit him with a fully charged buster shot, and then hit him with a special weapon, which, as you know, oh, kinda uh, breaks a fundamental rule that Mega Man's usually followed. Everything, everything has to be damaged by the buster, which sucks. The game is a bit of a guilty pleasure, and I've even gone my way to actually fully complete it by rescuing all the Reploids. And the part system is definitely better implemented because you can actually just get from the specific Reploids, and the only restriction on how many you can equip depends on how many Nightmare Souls, the drops that's in the Nightmare Virus enemies, you have. Though, of course, once you've been all eight, eight Mavericks, or just straight up unlock Gates Live in general, the bonus pathways that you can find and in some stages that, well, it should be pretty hard to what you need to find in order to get into them, you can go ahead and fight Dynamo and exploit his weakness as correctly to get up to 600 Nightmare Souls per run and make it a good grinding spot. Alright, but would I ever recommend X6? No. You would have to be an X fan first and foremost to even get some sense of joy. I mean, well, the game definitely has a bit of a step up in presentation from X5, especially when a soundtrack is concerned, like, go listen on, say, Spotify, Steam, Google Play Music, iTunes, I don't care. X6's soundtrack is the best of the PS1 trilogy, and that's that. But I really don't like, like, how there's still a sense of RNG to it all, how you're pretty much gonna have to whip out a guide to even know what has what. But, and, and a lot of shit just seems to be against that player. Yeah, and at times the level design either is way too bullshit hard, but, or, or it is absolutely boring without the added gimmicks. Like, this Infinity Magician stage, and pretty much, that's just a straight line if it weren't for the giant mech trying to kill you in the background. And even then, while I will play, praise the control of some characters and the additions they had, one of those techniques, the Sense Reason, you had to press up and the attack button in order to initiate it, and it said zero creating towards the ground to launch a heavy strike of his saber. However, uh, uh, wires you can grab onto and uh, move across, this will require you to hold the up button in the first place, and there is a section in Imagineer's bonus pathway that requires you to try and rescue Reploids while also dealing with Nightmare Viruses, and at zero, you have to know when to let go of up and press the attack button to deal with those threats, because otherwise, you'll just end up dying and probably losing a you know, hostage, which, again, it sucks. X X6 is not a game I would actually recommend going out of your way to fully complete. Get as many hot tanks as you can, get both sub tanks, absolutely. Get all the armor parts for X. X, try to raise your nightmare. How to raise your hunter rank as much as possible for the final stages. No arguing against that. But if you're actually gonna go and try to rescue all the weapons, well, not every single one has a part to offer. Only an extra her life and maybe some health regen the stage itself, which will be useless when you're going back to it anyways. 
again, not a great game. And it's only something that people like me can enjoy because, well, we already know what we're doing. I mean, I've even managed to get into a sort of have pattern is you do want to play the game if I get the black zero cheat code or the ultimate armor X code those you're playing with Queen zero get the black zero cheat code initiated because god damn it that zero is so frail without the shock buffer part which is locked in an alternate pathway a metal shot placer already has its own annoying gimmick suffice to say X6 is one of the low points in the series and I would honestly have a, a tough time deciding whether or not it's a worse game than the likes of, of X7. And look at this, we're pretty much at 45 minutes. I think I'll just split the X7 X8 portion into another episode, but it, it is nice to actually finally get back into the swing of things. However, I should also mention, a lot of episodes from here on out will be a solo act. Because of some problems of trying to get the group together. Uh, in real life at the current moment, so, uh... See you oh, next time, where we jump into Mega Man X's his debut in 3D and the 2.5D legend that is X8. So, thank you for spending time listening to some random jackass talk about uh, Mega Man X for nearly an hour, and take care.